Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hale. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Galatians right now, but today is Westminster Wednesday, and so we're going to take a break from our regularly scheduled program and look at the Westminster Confession of Faith. We've been for several weeks now looking at chapter 3, which is on the decree of God, this incredible section that, that really has some you know, God's eternal decree, just really some incredible theology in it, and, and frankly, some very, very difficult theology in it. Here, here we have been right up against all these doctrines of predestination and election and, and all of that. And they are difficult doctrines. We, we must not downplay the, that reality. And in fact, that's what this final section of the confession deals with, of this chapter of the confession. So let me pray for us, then we'll dive right in. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for faithful summaries of what your word teaches such as the Westminster Confession of Faith, we thank you for those men who, in the wisdom that you gave them, put this together. We ask that as we study and as we study this section and are reminded that it should breed humility in us, that indeed it would, that your spirit would be at work, that we might bear his fruit. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. So, Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 3, paragraph 8, which is the final paragraph of the chapter on God's eternal decree, says this. The doctrine of this high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care, that men, attending the will of God revealed in his word, and yielding obedience thereunto, may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, be assured of their eternal election." So shall this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, and admiration of God, and of humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. Well, so here the Westminster divines saw fit in their wisdom to add this paragraph to the confession that reminds us of the difficulty of this doctrine, of how this doctrine should be handled, and of what this doctrine should bring about in us. First of all, the difficulty of this doctrine is seen in that they say this high mystery of predestination. Some of y'all have emailed or, or texted questions about these doctrines as we've been working our way through the, the chapter on uh, the eternal decree of God, and as we've been dealing with predestination, and as we've talked about election and all of these things, and, and, and you've wanted to know, like, how do these things work? How do we hold these things together? How is it that God is perfectly sovereign and has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass, and yet at the same time he holds people responsible? Of course, as we read chapter 9 a couple of weeks ago of the book of Romans, we see that these aren't new questions. These are questions that people have had all along. And here, the confession reminds us that there is mystery involved. We ought not think that we're going to nail down every in and out of this doctrine. That's not going to happen. There are secret things that belong to God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He is the, the infinite God, and we are the finite creature. 
And so we're not ever going to come up with some working out of this doctrine of predestination that, that is totally satisfying. Many, many theologians have tried and written books called things like Chosen But Free. And inevitably, in these attempts, either one of two things happen. Either some type of fatalism where, where man has no responsibility whatsoever, what some people might refer to as hyper-Calvinism, either some type of fatalism is laid out, or the, the sovereignty of God is downplayed. No one has been able to kind of figure out, oh, here's how we hold these two things together. Here's how we hold them in tension in a way that actually undoes the tension. It's much like the doctrine of the Trinity. We say what we can say from Scripture. We receive it by faith. But we're not going to come up with this perfect explanation, and that's okay. It's okay that there is mystery in our doctrine. I know in the Reformed world, as Presbyterians, we like to have things nailed down and in good and decent order and all of that. But we must remember that when we're dealing with the things of God, when we're dealing with one who is so much higher than us, mystery is going to be involved. And so the divines go on to remind us that this doctrine must be handled with special prudence and care. Here's why. We've met the, the people that, that some people jokingly refer to as cage-stage Calvinists. Though, and the idea is that they've come to Calvinism, they've come to, to see that, yes, the Bible really does teach predestination. It really does teach election. And they become the greatest evangelists for this, or at least the most vocal evangelists for this. But it's all they'll talk about, and they abuse people with these difficult doctrines rather than letting them do what they are designed to do and rather than handling them with special prudence and care. Even Calvin, in his great work, The Institutes of the Christian Religion, saved his discussion on predestination until late in that massive work. Some people have argued that this is because of his pastoral heart, that he knew it was difficult, and so he wanted to have other things laid out first before he tackled this. So this cage stage idea is that there are some people who for a certain period of time, would be better off if they were locked in a cage because rather than handling this high mystery of predestination with special prudence and care, they just abuse people with it. We've met those people. We've probably, if we're honest, have been those people. But the divines, again, in their wisdom, remind us it should be handled with this special prudence and care that men, attending the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto, may, from the certainty of their effectual vocation, that is their effectual calling, be assured of their eternal election. See, the point of these doctrines isn't to make people feel small. Oftentimes, that's how they're used. In some reform circles, it seems like the goal is who can make people feel the smallest by talking about the sovereignty of God. These doctrines, the Westminster Divines remind us, when used correctly and accepted by faith, when they are believed, 
rather than just making us feel small and like we don't matter, actually should assure us of our eternal election because they remind us that it is God who is at work in our salvation, that it is God who keeps us, it is God who establishes us, it is God who comes and gets us, it is his work according to his grace. So they say this doctrine should lead to praise and reverence and admiration of God. Sometimes, and this is a nuanced difference, but it's a very important one. Sometimes all this doctrine leads to, for some people, is making man feel small rather than making God admired. Rather than leading to reverence for God. That's a nuanced difference, and I get that, but it's a very important difference. If all we see in the sovereignty of God is how tiny man is and not how gracious God is, then we're missing the very point of this glorious doctrine. What it should yield in us is humility, the confession says, diligence, abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. Again, Sometimes we find that this doctrine of predestination and and our love for theology and the things that get laid out here lead to arrogance. They lead to pride of, I've figured something out or I've learned something and I've got good theology, unlike you. And again, when that's what our theology leads to, it is truly wretched theology. It's theology that has missed the point of theology, which is to lead to praise of God and humility in us before him, not belittling of people and pride in us before them. These are difficult doctrines that we've been dealing with in the Confession of Faith, chapter 3. We can admit that they're difficult, And we can let them drive us in humility to the glorious God who is worthy of all worship that they tell us about. Might we run to him in admiration and reverence and faith. Amen. Mm -hmm.